It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Stevie Johnson's going to fight him all the way up to the line. Who'll get there first? No, Johnson's got it. This is going to be Molly Taylor winning the first ever Extreme E X Prix. She crosses the line. She has done a fabulous job, and no wonder she is smiling. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Start the celebrations for McLaren. Ricardo's done it. The driver's seat summer catch-up for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. And welcome to the driver's seat summer catch-up. It is Nims Azor here with you. Now, you did ask, can we get a little Bathurst wrap-up edition? Because a lot has been happening at the Mega Mount Panorama Festival of the Motorsport, as we dubbed it on the driver's seat. Certainly lived up to the hype. And here on the driver's seat summer catch-up, we will hear from Chaz Mostert and Lee Holdsworth. Plus, young Brody Kostecki, who snagged his first Bathurst podium in just his rookie season. We'll hear from him as well. But we're going to kick off the driver's seat summer catch-up edition. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia with our very own Stephen Johnson. Here's his recap from the Sports Day radio show with Paul Hazelby and Carl Langdon wrapping up everything that happened at Mount Panorama. It was quite surreal, really, with Shane Van Gisbergen shredding a tyre the way that he did yesterday and, and, and falling back into 18th spot was unbelievable because he was travelling about a second and a half faster than anyone at the field at that time. Well, I was trying to catch... Um, old Chazzy up the front and, and that uh, Auckland Shore and Dreddy United uh, car up the front there was the pace setter all day with Chaz and Lee so Shane knew he had to push but um, you know he just didn't have enough you know he, he pushed and was able to hold on to the back of Chaz for a couple of laps on the restart but um, ultimately just the pace showed um, and they weren't able to Shane was obviously able to keep up with it like he's uh, he's a He's one of the best out there that we, we currently have seen in a long time. But, um, you know, the car wasn't quite there. The setup wasn't quite there. And, you know, you could just see the load going through those tyres. And, uh, you know, earlier on in the day, Chaz actually did the same same mm. thing. Yeah, he set a tyre earlier on in the day as well. So, um, you know, you can just see how those two guys are pushing. Not Everyone's pushing, but, um, you know, when you look at the restart and you see those two guys clear off from everybody else in the pack, Cam Waters included, who was right behind them, um, you know, he was a pace setter last year and at the start of the year. So you can just see the and the times they were running were unbelievable. So it was uh, it was cool to watch, but I knew it wasn't going to last with the with the the amount of um, effort that was going into those two guys at the front. There was some talk that it was uh, debris early in the race. Uh, did you did you think that that was a factor or not? Do you just think it was the hard charging? No, I don't think it's just the hard charging. You know, maybe Chaz's um, could have been debris earlier in the day because. He actually had the unloaded side, the left-hand front tyre shred, and uh, that was in the middle of the day. So uh, it wasn't an overly hot day either, luckily. Otherwise, you probably would have seen some more tyre failures. But um, yeah, certainly at the end of the day, when those guys are running mid to low two-minute fourth lap times, um, that's a lot faster. Like Those lap times would have basically put all those guys in the shootout, you know, the times that were doing at the end of the race. So... Uh, pretty phenomenal stuff, and um, you know, I think that just the uh, the, the work ethic and and the, and the effort going in by not only those two guys but their whole teams um, was phenomenal, and they were definitely you know the two to beat over the weekend. 
It was 2,801 days between Holdsworth's 2014 victory at Winton and his Bathurst win on Sunday, and his first ever win at Bathurst in his career, mate. Uh, he was pretty happy, wasn't he? And he probably didn't get as much as the of the limelight as I would have liked. Chaz tried to put him up in front of uh, the broadcast at the end on the telly, and um, the, the young lady doing the interview sort of gave him one question and went back to Chaz. Yeah, it's, it's that's the big, big unfortunate thing about being a co-driver. You sort of... You seem to be, you're very similar to a mushroom, if you know what I mean. It <laughs> uh, uh, doesn't matter how good a job you do. And Lee has only just, just come out of a full-time, obviously, career ending last year. He's still at the top of his game. He's still one of the best drivers out there. He was doing times that were faster than a lot of the main main drivers in, in the other team. So, um, you know, and to be honest, I've known Lee for quite a long time and, and he's one of the best blokes out there. So I honestly couldn't be happier for him. He deserves it, all the effort that he's put in. And, and you know, obviously Chaz needs no uh, introduction with what he's done. He's, he's a phenomenal talent and um, and to win it twice, all, albeit seven years in between, you know, his first, which which came only at his second try and it's taken until now to get his second win. So, um you know, good on him. He's been through a lot of turmoil as well. He had a, a massive crash in 2015, I believe it was, in qualifying, and he missed the race with a broken leg. And um, um, you know, he's definitely one of the he's one of the colourful guys up and down pit lane, and it certainly makes the uh, the whole supercar side of things much less vanilla. As a driver, how long does it take to get over something like that, a big crash that uh, we saw plenty of them again yesterday and over the weekend? But mentally, how long does that take? Well. Us race drivers aren't too clever, so it doesn't really take that long, to be fair. And uh, um, But, you know, I mean, Chaz certainly would have been a bit ginger and, and getting back in, but that's only going to take a day, maybe one race to get over that, and then you're, you're back to full steam ahead. So uh, quite a few people said to me um, earlier on in the week, oh, you know, we don't think, you know, because we, we, we on, on our, with Maddie McKellar and myself on the driver's seat show, uh, tipped Chaz as one of the, one of the guys, Chaz and Lee, that was one of the pairings that we think we're going to win it. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of the guys said, no, we think Chaz is not, he's not, he's not where he used to be after the accident. And I was very quick to shoot it down and say, you know, I think he is. I think you, you, you don't, you're not reading it right. You're not understanding it right. And, you know, for him to do that 203, two lap in qualifying, which is a new lap record. And then, and then do low 204s and win the race by, uh, by, a decent margin just shows that you know Chaz has lost nothing of what he had before the accident back in 2015. Speaking of Matty McKeldon, we love him on this show. He comes on regularly. Uh, he was involved in one of the lead-up races and had an accident himself. Is he okay? Because you're going to want him back to deliver the good content that you do on your show, The Driver's Seat. Yeah, for sure. You know, Matty's Matty took a quite a big hit on uh, on Saturday morning in the in the Trans Am TA2 car um, up the top of the mountain. That's it's a very unforgiving place up there. He made one small little mistake and paid a very hefty price. So um, initially, we thought, and the medical staff thought, that he'd broken his collarbone. Um, once he went to hospital, they figured that wasn't the case. Um, then they thought he broke his shoulder. So once uh, all the x-rays and everything came back, um, the shoulder was well and truly out of socket, out of place. So we they, um, they put him to sleep and put it all back in and... I'm sure he's pretty sore today. I spoke to him earlier this morning. He's um, he's a little bit sore and sorry, a little bit tender. And usually, when your body has a a massive shock like it's done, a massive trauma like that with a with a quite a big impact, you know, it takes a few days for it to to process 
you know, what's sore and what's not sore. And usually day two, which is today, is the worst day, and, and he's certainly feeling it today. But, you know, he's pretty good. He's just a bit sore. That'll heal. Um, that'll only take a week or so, and um, hopefully we'll see the uh, um, the normal and the uh, the other funny Maddie Mac back very, very soon. Yeah, pass on our best uh, from us. Now, what about Jamie Wincup? Nearly on the podium in his final race there at Bathurst. Fourth, nearly got into third. But t- how do you reflect on his great career? Well, you know, you don't reflecting is a, a good word because that's all you can do. You can't judge it because all you've got to do is look at the stats on his career and they speak for themselves. You know, he's, he's certainly, you know, a lot of people say that it's different nowadays compared to what it was Back then, uh, in the you know 70s and 80s and 90s, when uh, my old man won five championships, and yeah, it, it absolutely is different between then and now. But so is everything. The cars are different, the people are different, the competition's different. So you really can't compare either. Um, I think he's right up there with with the greats, um, and I don't think that people realise you know what he's done, and they will only realise what he has done when he is at the age of you know, the Dick Johnsons and and the would-be Peter Brocks if he was still around, and the Alan Moffats, you know, people are going to reflect back when, when Jamie's in his 70s, um, and kids are going to see what he's done in the past as well, and um, and they're really going to think that, um, you know, what actually happened back then um, was something mm. very, very special. So it, it does it does get on my nerves a little bit with the, the whole tall poppy syndrome here, and Jamie cops it probably the most out of anybody, Um once again, you know, just such a tough competitor and outside of the racetrack, one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet. So, um, you know, it's it, it does frustrate me that, that um, people judge um, judge on, on people's, I would say, not so much confidence, but just their demeanour. Uh, and Jamie is full-on, 100% an intense bloke at the racetrack because what he wants to do is win, you know. And um, and you take that away from him and put him into a different social situation and he's, he's a different bloke. So... Um, you know, I think that um, what he's done is remarkable. I feel privileged to have actually been able to race against him for a lot of years and um, uh, and be a friend of his as well. So, you know, I think that um, he's going to look back uh, and people are going to look back once he's maybe still running um, the Red Bull Ampol Racing Team and, um, you know, in years, years to come and, and actually change their view on what they thought back in the actual day. Very well said. Now, Steve, before I let you go, when a car hits an echidna, what would happen? And have you ever seen anything like that before? I haven't... Well, I haven't seen any. I've seen... Unfortunately, I've seen a few on the side of the road when you drive into the snow, but apart from that, um, I don't really know, but I'm glad I'm glad it was OK. <laughs> would they fly over the top like, in all seriousness? They don't squash easily, I wouldn't have thought. No, well, I'm, I'm told they're pretty pretty hard buggers so mm. i don't know it depends i mean it depends on where he's at what part of the track he's at if the car's under acceleration or braking where he's going to end up i guess but um we did see that uh uh craig lounge years ago hit a hit a tire that come off the car and that did a lot of damage and i wouldn't suspect that hitting an echidna at 200 k's an hour would be too much different to be fair <laughs> no yeah that little bloke i reckon he's got some cushioning when he hits his little prickles there and uh <laughs> it, it helped him out on the the weekend for sure thank you very much steve for having a yak to us tonight mate and uh as uh, hay said earlier in the interview please uh, wish maddie mckeldon all the best from us he's been a treasure for us over the last uh, few weeks in the lead up to bathurst uh, we appreciate your time
No worries, guys. No problem at all. It's a driver's seat summer catch-up for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat summer catch-up for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. Hope you're enjoying your holidays, if you've got holidays, that is. But if not, not too far away until hopefully you will get some holidays. It is Nimsis all here with the driver's seat. Summer catch-up, thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. The big story of the past week or so has been the dominant win by Chaz Mostert and Lee Holdsworth at the Bathurst 1000. Now, they spoke to Matt White in the morning after their big win at Mount Panorama. Joining me right now, a two-time winner of the great race, Chaz Mostert. Chaz, welcome. Congratulations again. Oh, Matty, thanks for having me, mate. Really appreciate it. Where are you this morning? What does a Bathurst champion do the morning after? Uh, I smashed two sausage egg muffins from McDonald's. That was pretty good. Um, and, yeah, just lapping it up, really, to be honest. Amazing day yesterday. I can't, we still can't believe it. It's pretty surreal. And, yeah, I just, um, what, a, what a car. I just, oh, man, that one's going to stick with me forever. That was so cool. Well, you talk about Bathurst and you talk about the variables. I mean, even an echidna um, put itself out there to try and steal the show yesterday. But you know better than anyone, you can't win that race if you don't have a fast car. And you had a rocket ship from the word go. At what stage across the weekend did you grow in confidence knowing that you had the pace to be there at the end? Oh, well, the first thing we knew, we knew we had a great car for practice one because it just built confidence to uh, confidence in us. You know, we felt like we could do consistent lap times and, and the lap times were, were coming very easy for the car. But um, I don't know, Bathurst, you're never sure until you're 200 metres past the finish line and um, it's just such a relief to get across there. So, um, you know, there was little tyre issues through the race, all those kind of things that give you a little bit of um, your heart and throat moment and um, I'm just glad it all hung in there in the end and um, we got the job done for the whole team. Well, the cameras jumped on board when that tyre started to go and you started to slow. I think you had made about a 13-second lead at that stage. So that's what pace gives you. It gives you a buffer if things go wrong. Tell me how you guys managed to be so cool and collected and calm throughout that process because the reality is that could have cost you the race. Yeah, I obviously had the tyre start to let go across the top of the mountain. So first thing is make sure you keep it off all the walls as you get back down to Conrad, but then... The second thing is you don't want to go too fast on the straights when a tyre is shredding itself because it can do a lot of structure damage uh, stru- uh, structure damage to the, the inner tyre tire wells. It can also rip the rear guards off the car. So such a long race to go. It's better to limp the car back back into pit lane, stay on that lead lap, and, um, and then start your, your battle all over again. So, um, yeah, just uh, very lucky. It sounds a lot worse in the car than probably what it is. But, um, yeah, just very, very grateful it happened early in the race and we changed our style up from there and um, it never happened again so it was great up until yesterday Chaz it was kind of one all you versus the mountain you got one up on the mountain and the year later it got one up on you are you now two one ahead in the count it's not every day you get one up on the mountain but I'm glad the tally's starting to swing back in my favor what does it mean to be a two-time champion oh it's amazing I think um you know people look at my win in 2014 as a little bit of luck, a bit, a bit of controversy with people running out of fuel and a few other teammates getting together and all that kind of stuff. But this one's very special because, you know, we had the fastest car, the fastest team, uh, fastest, I say Lee was the main driver, I was his co-driver. So, um, you know, he, he was just that unbelievable as well. So we, we would, like Lee would say, he, we, were the, we were the car to beat for everybody else. And 
um, it was just fantastic to be part of it and be on the, on the right side of, of the fence and on the pace. I'm so happy for you, Chaz. You get your second up there, and I'm equally happy for the bloke sitting next to you. Can you chuck the phone on to Lethal Lee Holdsworth because he gets his first Bathurst title next to his name and so well-deserved. Congratulations to you, Lethal. Who did it better last night partying, you or Chaz? <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to... I'm going to say me because oh, I reckon Chaz had a couple of hours sleep. <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit dusty today and my, my voice is pretty much gone. So today you're playing the true role of a co-driver. You're going to let Chaz do the, the bulk of the work for the media interviews and you're just going to sit back and relax. Tell me what it means for somebody who's been around the sport for so long. You've been on the podium at Bathurst before, but I look at Lee Holdsworth and I see now Bathurst winner next to your name and I just think... That is so well-deserved. It's, it's all the hard work that you've put in, and it's now there forever. Oh, buddy, you're going to make me tear up. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, crazy, crazy. Oh, it's been too long. Um, 18th attempt and finally won this, the great race. So, um, you're a national icon, mate. <laughs> my, dad, my dad rang me, and he couldn't talk. And then he finally got the words out. He said, I'm a national icon now. So <laughs> that was pretty crazy. It was, it was um, yeah, obviously a really special moment. Um, I probably wouldn't say I'm a national icon, but, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, just just so special. And, and this one will stick with me forever. You know, to have your name on the Peter Brock Trophy mm. um, is something that not a lot of people get to say in this sport. And, um, uh, you know, from from growing up watching car racing, this is the race that got me into motorsport in the first place. So, to actually um, think that maybe young kids are, are watching, you know, watching yesterday, trying to get, uh, trying to start a career in motorsport um, because of what just happened um, is it, just surreal. I reckon you're going to do some hard yards today, Lethal. If you thought yesterday was tough, wait until you get to the end of today. You're going to have to go through every interview. You're going to have to keep your eyes open, and you're going to have to celebrate along the way. So dig it in. Um, stay tough. Congratulations to both of you. Really happy. Thanks for putting on such an amazing show across the weekend. It was wicked and a great way to finish the season. You're the Bathurst champions. Well done, boys. Uh, thank you very much. You're listening to The Driver's Seat Summer Catch-Up. Back with more straight after this. This is The Driver's Seat Summer Catch-Up for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Now, the feel-good story of the great race was, of course, Lee Holdsworth. He finally got a Bathurst 1000 win in his 18th start at the mountain and also one year after he lost his full-time drive at Tickford Racing when they downsized to just three cars. Now, he spoke to Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver about reaching, very literally, the top of the mountain. G'day, Lee. G'day, guys. How are we? Mate, we're good, but how, how are you and how's the head? <laughs> I think I'm sober now. It's taken a bit, but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty exhausted. It's been a big week. Uh, I haven't really had time to just kick back and, and sort of uh, reflect on what we just achieved. But, uh, man, it's, uh, it, it's just an awesome feeling, awesome feeling. Mate, um, it was mega watching you do your job and, and uh, just look so smooth, so in tune and confident driving the 25. I'm sure it probably didn't feel like that all the time, but but how amazing to, to be driving a car, be with a guy and a team that um, gave you 
you know, gave you the tool to be in control with. I mean, just phenomenal. Yeah, thanks, Murph. You know what it's like when you rock up there and your car's on song. You know, I've had it only a few times before, but nothing quite as good as what I had on, on the weekend. Um, you sort of get in the zone pretty quickly and and everything seems a lot easier than normal. Um, so, you know, from the time we rolled out on Thursday, our car was in a really good window and the balance was strong. We had a couple of things to really tune up, but whilst everyone else was searching for big gains in balance, um, we were just chipping away at it. And we sort of we were very quietly confident from the start of the week that, man, we were in a good place to, um, you know, to, to give this a red-hot crack. And then every session, you know, Chaz would want a little tune-up with a certain balance in the car and then and that's exactly what I wanted. And so every time I jumped in the car, it was a bit better. And then every time Chaz jumped in the car, it was a bit better. So we were we were just in such a great spot. But, you know, there was one point of the weekend where we thought, hey, I think we're probably... We're actually a session ahead of where we want to be here. So let's just cool it right off. And and you know yourself, Murph, it's hard to, hard to not... Uh, keep changing the car it's hard to just go right we're in a good place here let's just do some laps let's start concentrating on a on a race balance start seeing what the uh the change in roll bars does to the balance and um yeah pretty pretty crazy and and then to roll into the race and um even sunday morning in the warm-up we were like man spot on like do not do a thing to the car let's roll into this race and give it a give it a good go Hey, uh, Lee, just quickly, Ryan Walkinshaw, I've never seen a team owner so happy and just so crazy with everything that went on, doing the shoey the whole nine yards. How do you think this win affects the team going forward? Uh, yeah, Ryan lapped it up, and I was really, I was so happy that, like, uh, we had a, a little bit of a spot next to us in between Chaz and I for the driver's parade, and I... I patted the seat beside beside myself and I said, "Oh, Ryan, jump up!" And he he actually jumped up and um, really enjoyed the drivers' parade. I think everyone in the team just felt that we were in we were in a great zone and um, and everyone just enjoyed the week. But I can tell you that this does huge a huge amount for that team. They've been working at something for a, a long time now, especially since um, since Zach Brown and uh, Michael Andretti have joined the team along with Ryan, um, they've been, they're, they're wanting to win a championship. They wanted to win Bathurst. They can tick the Bathurst off the list now. Um, and I don't think it's far away from them challenging for a, a championship. You know, Chaz finished third this year. I think there's a bit, a bit of a shake-up going on at Triple Eight, and I think it's, um, it's probably time for them to pounce, to be honest. Um, I reckon that, that in the next few years they'll, they'll win one. So, um yeah, I think they'll ride the ride the wave. Um, I think next year, I reckon they'll start with a hell of a lot of momentum, and um, you know, Chaz, you'll have heaps of confidence. The team will have confidence. So, uh, I think having that monkey off their back with the with the win over the weekend, I think that'll do wonders for them. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the timing's perfect. I think the changes at Triple Eight and people moving and all that kind of yeah. stuff uh, leaves the door wide open. Hey, just just quickly, and I know you got to go. So, finally, um, you know, this uh, little article came out. Uh, I think it was uh, the other day about um, you know you 
going full time and, and what you would uh, do to do that and you'd give up you know this position as a co-driver in this team if you could get a proper good full time gig again and I've you know I think we've spoken before that you know it's uh, it hasn't worked out the way it should in respect of you not being there still full time because you proved on the weekend that you should be um, how, how hard is that at the moment though too just to, you've just won Bathurst and we know you should be full-time because you've got the goods to do it. How hard is it sort of not having that opportunity in the right place to, to go and show your wares at the moment? Uh, I think that this year I've, I've um, I nearly even put motor racing to bed. You know, it was, it's been a really difficult yeah, well. year the way it all finished up. Um, I was not not ready to give up, you know, the, the, the Bathurst race. Um, but I was... It, it burnt me a lot, and I just thought, you know what, I'm, I've got to move on with life. And really, I was kicking myself that I didn't have something in the background brewing with, uh, you know, uh, a career outside of motorsport. So, um, yeah, I spent the whole year looking for opportunities, and they just weren't coming <laughs> coming by very often. Uh, and then I got a great opportunity with um, CBRE Real Estate. Uh, believe it or not. So um, next year I'll be starting a job in industrial real estate uh, in the automotive sector. And um, and I thought, wow, you know, that's I've worked pretty hard to get that and I don't want to throw that away. Um, but also, you know, the, the, after what just happened on the weekend and being in a great car and able to show my skill as well and what I've still got to offer, it sort of makes me got the fire burning again. And... Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess if something pops up, um, I really have to weigh it up whether I want to go back mm. and have a crack at winning the race um, because I know that heading back there with Walkinshaws or WAU next year, we would come in as red-hot favourites. And, um, uh, you know, whether I'm willing to give that up and, and jump into a car, um, another car in the field, and um, I'm just not sure at the moment. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll just wait and see. Um, it's all about weighing things up and seeing whether the opportunity comes around in the first place. But um, it could be worse situations to be in than than having too much to choose from. <laughs> you know what, Lee? Mm. The best the best thing about going to real estate after having one Bathurst put on your card. You know, CBR yeah. Industrial Real yeah. Estate yeah. Uh, Bathurst <laughs> Champion 2021. Uh, you watch those sales go through uh, the roof, mate. Thanks uh, so man, much. It's got a great ring to it. Congrats, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's congrats. Uh, massive be- congrats. Best, best uh, time ever. But to hear the, the genuine appreciation from you of winning your first Bathurst, mate, we've, we're just uh, really glad that you could spend some time with. So go and enjoy. And just remember, no, no you way. did win Bathurst, buddy. You won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, every time someone tells me, it, it just sinks in a little. A little more, so um, thank you. Thank you. It's a driver's seat summer catch-up. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat summer catch-up for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It is almost time to wrap it all up here on the summer catch-up of the driver's seat. Now, one of the names that really stood out during the season was Erebus Motorsport young gun Brody Kostecki. I mean, in our last episode, actually, Stephen Johnson said that Bush and David Russell would be one to watch at the great race. And Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver spoke to Brody after Bathurst. G'day, Brody. How are you, buddy? Yeah, really good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I uh, really appreciate it. Hey, uh, <laughs> Broads, what a year it has been. Uh, 
put into you and Will Brown, uh, into Erebus there, thrown in the deep end. And, and uh, let's just be honest. I mean, how many people really, really gave you guys a shot or gave you a chance at having any success, proper success in, in 2021? Really, who did? Yeah, I think it was, you know, some, you know I've, I've been sort of very fortunate in my career um, as of late to have some people that have, you know, really believed in me, um, you know, such as, you know, some of the people from Norwell and, um, you know, Barry as well, um, you know, got to give them credit. Um, you know, no team in pit lane would have put two two young rookies um, in, you know, two, you know, pretty competitive cars, so... And, um, yeah, there was a lot of doubters at the start of the season, but, you know, really towards the end, now we're you know, sort of considered, you know, one of the front-running teams. So, um, yeah, we're, we're uh, you know, very lucky and fortunate going into next season. Yeah, I remember you talking, I think it was either you or Will Brown in an interview, post-race interview uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park, talking about winning as a team and losing as a team. Now, for race car drivers, it's normally just about each other, right? I'm going to get I'm going to get you and, and, and too bad. But I would thought that was a really refreshing attitude. Is that uh, a team ethic? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this is a team sport. So, um, yeah, obviously, you know, us drivers have to... You know, perform during a race weekend and whatnot but um you know what a lot of people don't realize is that there's so many you know gears in the clock that you know make a you know a team a competitive team and um i've sort of got to you know learn, learn a lot about that growing up and you know working on my own car so um yeah I, I i sort of understand how much work goes in behind the scenes and um you know us you know drivers running up the front isn't you know just sort of all about the driver it's you know it's about the team as well Hey, let's just take a back, back step a little bit. Um, tell us a little about how you ended up uh, in the US racing in the uh, Pro Series East category, NASCAR Pro Series East category for a couple of seasons. How did that all come about? What was the, the drive there and um, who led you led you down that path? Yeah, it, uh, it sort of all come, you know, around sort of 2010. Um, I was, you know, racing around Australia um, in go-karts and... Um, um, was sort of looking at going into the next step of racing cars and you know we sort of had a little bit of a look you know what we could do with Australia and um, to be honest you know with the current sort of setup of Australia and you know really you have to be sort of 15, 16 years old to drive a car in Australia and that's sort of you know I guess being at 86 now or Formula Ford back then and then um, you know we decided to look at you know what what we could do overseas and um you know the first thing that we looked at was you know going to america and you know you can drive a 700 horsepower car you know, at the age of 12 13 years old so really it was sort of a no-brainer for us to be honest and, and um you know they um they, you know I, I, I had a really good opportunity over there to race you know week in week out and you know probably gain three years of experience in one year uh, you know just because of the level that i was racing at over there at such a young young age and um and, 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 you know, just the, the frequency of, you know, racing week in, week out. How? It's just crazy, though, because, you I mean, you, I mean, you, you sent yourself over there. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't spoken to you in detail about how, how all that played out and what you were doing, but, I mean, you were young, man. I mean, you headed over there, what, when you were, like, 16 or 15 or something years old? I mean, that's just crazy. It was, that's, you know, and, and you were racing, racing these cars, as you say. I mean, that's not normal. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not considered normal um, here at home in Australia. But 
Um, yeah, I actually had it over there when I was 12 years old and raced in um, oh a category uh, under the band of USAC, which is, um, you know, back sort of, if you go 10 or 15 years ago, that's where all the, you know, best IndyCar drivers come from. So um, I, I raced open wheeler category there and, um, you know, you know, three or 400 horsepower sort of speed car on dirt and pavement. And then um, uh, when I was old enough to jump into a, you know, NASCAR style category, you know, late moles, and then jump into the Kane and E series at um, uh, sort of 14, 15 years old and um, competing that was sort of, you know, really cool. And um, it was something that a lot of people weren't doing in Australia. And I sort of got a chance to, you know, get that leap ahead um, as well in experience. Do you think there was well? Was there any time during the the sort of the NASCAR star racing where you thought maybe I, we could stay on and actually that could be where I end up? Yeah, I was sort of um, going pretty well at the time um, while I was racing in Canaan. Um, I you know was able to get a couple of poles and um, you know was able to pole Iowa and had a bit of bad luck in the race and probably should have won that one and um, you know was able to pole Watkins Glen as well. Um, you know, it was, you know, pretty funny, you know, reflecting back on it at the time, um, you know, obviously being Australian, you know, Americans are very up to date, you know, with, um, you know, supercars and they, you know, I, I wouldn't say they follow it down to a T, but they, they understand what it is and how sort of crazy we are, you know, jumping curves and going two wheels and whatnot. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I sort of remember being, you know, sort of, you know, 15 years old and going to a street, uh, sorry, to a road course over there and, um, you know, getting pole, and they were said, "Oh, you know, it's pretty expected." You know, he's you know done. You know, he's got supercar experience and whatnot. And you know, I'd, I'd never seen I'd never seen a race car before at that point. You know, I'd, I'd only done sort of go karts and raced you know a bit of speed cars and whatnot. So um, yeah, it was definitely a lot different over there than you know what the mentality is here for sure. So let's uh, come back to this side of the uh, the world, and and um, you know, you spent a, you came back and. Basically, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be calling Dunlop Super 2 when you turned up on the doorstep and, and sort of started making a name for yourself pretty well straight away. You've, you fell into a, a supercar pretty naturally. Did you see it that way? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, remember my first test day, um, you know, like it was yesterday when I first jumped in and um, sort of it was around QR and, um, I sort of remember leaving the pits and pretty much almost spun out um, just to the fact, you know, the tyre was so much different than what I was used to, but, um, you know, the power levels were less, the weight was less. So, um, you know, once I got used to it, it was pretty much like a GT car, you know, um, to drive compared to what I was used to. So um, I was sort of very fortunate to, you know, have that sort of experience in those cars that I drove in the K&E series, you know, sort of being six, 700 horsepower and being, you know, really heavy and, um, sort of being, you know, sort of almost pigs to drive around, to be honest. So um, I was really excited when I got to drive a supercar and sort of, you know, sort of, um, you know, seemed to understand it really quickly as well. You you, you portray yourself, and, and, it's, and I think it's a great thing, as someone who's fearless, who will take the car and throw it at a track and every corner on every lap. Is that something you might have learned uh, from that American experience because you understand cars and and engines and so much better than everyone else at this point in your career? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a you know pretty simple person at heart as well and I sort of really only really live, you know, one day at a time. So, um, you know, I sort of, you know, when I jump into something, I want to find, you know, how far it can go, um, you know, pretty much straight away. So, 
I've sort of learned on the years to sort of tame that back a little bit, maybe put it a little bit under control. But yeah, I always sort of have that, you know, um, sort of competitiveness in, in me, whether it's you know riding a you know a dirt bike and and um, or you know just driving a race car. So I've learned over the past couple of years with broken wrists and whatnot to maybe park some of those hobbies on the side and just you know focus on one thing. <laughs> can we can we talk can we talk about your your top ten shootout lap because honestly, uh, you've Let's got the best that. you've got the best poker face in the world. But man, you, you brought your engineer to tears. Talk us through the lap because man, that was epic. Yeah, it was definitely um, you know really cool to see, and um, you know George Mangineer who's sort of uh, you know new with the team as well. Um, at the start of the year, and you know, we it's you know, really um, no surprise we put in a lot of work throughout the season to you know bring the cars up to you know up to the level of you know the front running cars, and um, you know, a lot of work was you know happening behind the scenes. And and uh, and, and I sort of knew after the SMP rounds, I had a few bogey rounds and a DNF and whatnot, but I knew going to Bassa, so we had a pretty good chance of being able to be you know contenders for the race. So um, yeah, sort of, uh, you know, went through the, the qualifying stages and didn't quite get my lap together. And then, you know, going to the shootout, I sort of just said, you know, like, this is going to be, it. it's either going to come back on a tilt tray or it's gonna, or I'm going to drop back. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. So <laughs> I just sort of, um, I, I got about 10 minutes to prepare everyone. And then there's only two options with how this is going to go. So um, once I got everyone, you know, um, on the same page as what I was, um, sort of got my car and, um, you know, drove and did the lap and sort of gave it, you know, pretty much everything that I had. So um, it was a it was a very good lap from my point of view and um, sort of, you know, I, I felt like I, um, you know, maximised the lap. So I was pretty stoked when I saw the number at the end. And, and um, you know, I, I truly believe if, you know, we went out a little bit later when the shade was out and the track tent was down, we, we, you know, we would have been a lot closer to chat time. So, yeah. <laughs> Mate. But but just just try and I mean I don't know if you've thought about it much or you've actually all this is the whole week is sunken um, for you or not but but just you know tell us how that felt in the lead up to do that lap and then when you crossed the line and saw the time I mean mate you're in the top you're in the the Repco Bathurst one thousand shootout I mean it's the biggest for me it always was and I think for a lot of people that is the biggest session of the year and you were in there. And you did a a two oh three uh, point was it point eight or point seven? Point seven, yeah, yeah. So just, I mean, yeah. do you know how mammoth that was? Really? Yeah. Well, I think I think um, yeah, I was I was pretty excited when I sort of crossed the line, and um, you know, I, I knew that it was a you know good time because you know George had you know my engineer had you know kept me up to date with you know what Shane had done and and um, sort of what the guys previous had done. So um, I was, you know, obviously really excited when I, you know, did the lap. Probably not as excited as what you were when you did your uh, big lap, but I was, you know, really excited when I did the lap. And then um, uh, pretty much when I was on the scales um, afterwards I got, and I got told that Cam sort of beat me, I sort of had a bit of a dummy spit and then um, sort of come back to terms and thought, you know what, you know, P4 overall was actually pretty good. And then, you know, to, to have what happened afterwards and to, um, you know, start start what we did and, um, you know, for where we finished as well was just awesome. Oh, you know, isn't that funny? You're here, you are. You're in the shootout, first shootout. You do a lap time, which is just phenomenal, fastest lap time you've done all week uh, in practice, qualifying the whole lot. You, you know, and and 
and then you're disappointed so quickly. How things change so quick as a race car driver. Here you are doing what you're doing, and 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 you still want to be the best. And I totally get that. I respect it. Now let's just let's just quickly now cover off some of those things you did in the race. Now. <laughs> Uh, you know, did you think it was all over when you had to go around the outside of SVG at, you know, at the grate and <laughs> you're heading towards the wall at the exit? Did you think it was done? Um, no, I sort of I sort of knew that I was half okay. And then I sort of thought halfway when I was next to my car, this is pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> if I make it honest with you. But, um, I, I, I was... I was obviously informed that he had a drama and, and I, I knew the spot where I was catching up to him. I like Chains Chains one of the smartest, you know, racers out yeah. there and um, you know, I, I, I could give him credit, that would have been the exact same thing I would have done if I knew that, that you know, if my teammate was, you know, fourth as well. So um you know, I was pretty aware of what was going on and I knew that, you know, I couldn't just sit behind him and park it, um, you know, up his backside because yeah, um, I had Jamie sort of hot on my heels, so I, I knew that you know if I wanted to finish on the podium, that I had to do something, you know, to sort of get around him. And um, I was very lucky that um, it, you know the, you know the car didn't take any damage or whatnot. But um, yeah, I sort of have to give uh, Shane a bit of credit there. That's uh, you know something that I would you know use in a high playbook for sure. <laughs> you know, you know what worries me more is that I'm glad. You, I hope you didn't tell. So mention to Barry Ryan on your shootout. Like I'll either do this right or end up in a tilt tilt truck because I don't think you would have been too impressed with that. <laughs> oh, he'd be alright with no, that. Actually, that's actually someone I can. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's actually someone that I completely avoided before the shootout. Um, believe it or not, so he was um, he was actually cooking us um, dinner halfway through that. So I sort of avoided him as much as possible. And sort of told, 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 told the boys only, but um, yeah, it sort of worked out alright. Yeah, Mate, so it's it's, it's been an, a classic end of the season because you you, you put him at Bathurst, and that that'll sit in your memories for many years to come. But then you get uh, during the week that uh, Boost Mobile are going to. They are going to sponsor the whole, both cars next year. So it's all starting to, it feels like for Erebus, it's now starting to fall into place. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, what, uh, you know, to have two rookies in the team at the start of the year, and, you know, both, both Will and myself, um, you know, when we all sat down at the start of the year and you know, worked out, you know, what we can do as a team. And um, it was a lot to do with, you know, we're, you know, we're not going to accept coming, you know, 10th or 12th in our first year. Like, that just wasn't acceptable to us whatsoever. Um, and it was just that drive that, you know, we sort of, um, you know, brought to the team and, and, and also to their, their drive as well to wanting to be, you know, more competitive. And, um, you know, you know, believe it or not, you know, when, when we did finish on the podium at Bathurst, it was, you know, slightly disappointing because, you know, we, mm. we want to win now and, you know, we want to try to transfer the team from being the underdogs to, you know, being one of the, you know, the big two or three teams. So, um, yeah, sort of have to give them the big credit, you know, going to Sydney, that was, um, you know, one of Erebus's bogey tracks, you know, sort of in the last couple of years and to have both cars in the top five and qualifying on multiple occasions and to go on to Bathurst and have, you know, Will on um, provisional pole and, um, you know, for us to be starting fourth. Um, you know, from the shootout, you know, minus the disqualification for the doors and, you know, to finish on the podium. Um, yeah, we're sort of, you know, very excited going into next year. Well, mate, all we can say is congratulations on entertaining us this season because, because I think Bloody there is oath. a whole lot more to come and uh, I think it, it all bodes well for an exciting season. Are you, just quickly, are you a little miffed you're not going to do Gen 3 next year or are you just happy to go another year in these cars and then go full out in 23 with the Gen 3 cars? Uh, 
Uh, it's actually a funny one because I think probably, um, you know, I don't really have any opinion on Gen 3 or, you know, what car we currently have. Um, I'm, I'm sort of just excited to go racing and I'll, I'll uh, rag everything till it's, you know, to the death type thing. But <laughs> I think Barry is very excited about going racing next year with the current cars we have. But he's definitely had a change of tune from the start of the year. So that's, um, that's uh, very cool to see. Oh, man, I love you. I love your attitude, man. It's just, it's just race the wheels of it. Brody Kostecki, uh, happy Christmas. Congratulations on a wonderful season, and we will look forward to talking to you in season 2022, mate. Thanks, buddy. No Thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, Merry Christmas to all you as well. This has been the Driver's Seat Summer Catch-Up. We did it thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. Make sure you keep your eyes on our socials at Driver's Seat Show throughout the off-season to keep up to date with all the news. And, of course, you can download the Driver's Seat app. Stay up to date. Don't miss a moment with podcasts, videos, news. It's got everything as a must for all motorsport fans. You can find that on the Google Play Store and at the Apple App Store as well. But uh, that is it for the big catch-up edition. Enjoy your holidays. And I'll catch you next time. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.